At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Welcome to episode 76 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and back with me to again... Uh, again, I don't know what I was thinking, but, uh, together 76. again, I have to like reset because this is 76. So we just put to bed 75 episodes oh, and now, new era. Yeah, yeah, it's a new era. Season so two, season two, there you go. so season two of comic book nation. And with me still here on the couch is, uh, my co-host Matthew Aguilar What's up, everybody and our new, uh, semi-regular co-host over here who just kind of found that out like a minute ago, <laughs> Janelle Wheeler, very here excited. on the couch very excited and, to be uh, here. over there lurking in the cut where arguably he belongs is, uh, Mr. J. K. Smith, Schmidt. I said Smith. I don't know why I said that. Put some respect time. on my name, please. I, I will. It's Schmidt. Well, thank you. As in Mike. As in. <laughs> uh, but uh, J. K.'s here because he is back because he is one of our resident Star Wars experts, and you might have heard there's a little something happening in Star Wars this week that we are here to talk about. That is that final trailer for the Rise of Skywalker. So J.K.'s here to kind of keep us on point, because you always need a, like a Star Wars troll with you to just make sure you're not saying the wrong things <laughs> or capitalizing the wrong things, and this man keeps us on point, so J.K.'s here, here to help us out. Would you call him a troll? No, I said... <laughs> he said Star Wars troll. I said I was generally advising to keep one around. I did not qualify what this man... <laughs> I was like, Brandon's not here. No. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's a deep cut by the shade thrown at Brandon Davis. Uh, Richard, Richard's over in the booth, probably loving that. One. Uh, but no, it's all Star Wars lovers over here. So we're going to talk about that new uh, Rise of Skywalker trailer. But we got more to talk about that J.K. can lend his expertise to. We are also going to be talking about the big shakeup at Marvel TV that happened uh, just before we got in here this morning. We're also going to be talking about another movie trailer that people might remember is still out there. And in, in addition to Star Wars, and we are going to do a deep dive breakdown of HBO's Watchmen which is beginning a bit of buzz and is a talking point right now and a pretty unique product, so we're going to talk about all of that. But first up, in our news flash, let's just start right at the beginning with the big thing. The trailer for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, is now out, and it's going to be our final trailer, allegedly, until opening day. Um, and if history serves, that's probably true until we get some, like, promo trailers closer to release day. Overall, it's been kind of an interesting reaction to this trailer. Like, we were all hyped for it. The whole world was hyped for it. It dropped during Monday Night Football. I was actually seeing The Lighthouse. I was seeing a screening of The Lighthouse. And as soon as I walked out of that crazy thing, like, my phone blew up with Star Wars stuff. And I sat down and watched it. And, um, I mean, it's no secret. I put it out on Twitter that I'm kind of, like, split about it. It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. I wasn't really enthused. And I'm a person who usually is, like, gets emotional at Star Wars trailers in particular. But this one was very kind of J.J. Abrams. It reminded me of Star Trek Into Darkness again, like, which I reference when talking about J.J. sometimes. But in this, in that, like, I feel like this trailer played it too safe. It's still trying to hold back so many secrets and details of even 
basic plot points that really what when you think about it, what you're getting in these trailers is a lot of nostalgia shoved at you. That's such a good point. I did not even yeah, think like, about that. You get a lot of the old stuff. And they've been playing up that this is the ending of the saga. Like, yeah. that's it. But you have no real idea, like, what is happening in this actual movie. Like, But don't you typically love that in trailers? No. Like, I mean, You're I, I the need... you that always says, like, I don't want... I need the, theme, but I need thematic hooks. Like, the last... Oh, I'm going to get roasted for this. But The Last <laughs> Jedi is a great example of that main trailer that came out and kind of thematically hooked you on this idea of Rey and struggling between the darkness and the light and the temptations and Kylo being there and this really ending scene that suggested maybe she does, you know, convert. Maybe she does, you know, unite with Kylo. That was a lot of intrigue kind of pulling you and you knew the basic premise of the movie. Yeah. She goes to meet Luke. The training's not what she thinks. She kind of sets off on her own and has to face this temptation. That was you all that. shown in the trailer. Yeah, you got that basic lineup and none of the twists, like none of the big yeah. stuff. I feel like we didn't get any of that at all. However, I didn't notice that. So no, that's a that's, good sign. And I felt very emotional watching yeah, it. And, and I'm not a huge Star Wars like fanatic. I like it. I watch it. My parents raised me right. Okay. <laughs> but I, I'm not as big into it as a lot of my friends are. And I actually got teary eyed. Twice, and I got the goosebumps. What made like what got to you? Um, C3PO's saying goodbye. It <laughs> honestly, I, I I know some people have said like maybe he's saying goodbye because they all die, but I felt like okay, I think he I think he's like for some reason plugged into this ship because he's dying or something like that. And then um, also just I don't know like everything just gave me the goosebumps, like all the different landscapes. I just thought it was really visually beautiful to to look at. I mean, you have a good point. I mean, you. The comparison, I think, is apt as far as Last Jedi, you see the thread of the story and you get a better idea. Absolutely. I didn't like Last Jedi's trailers. I love Last Jedi. Like, it's one of my favorite. Like, I loved it way more than Force Awakens. But Force Awakens had better trailers. This is, again, in the same suit of it's all the it's all the heart points. It hits all the... Yeah. the that nostalgia the works in a very small... Space. Oh, the hug. The hug. Yeah, like all the, the tears. So much oh. I came away from the trailer going like, oh my God, like I want to see this movie. Me too. I, I'm, I'm extremely excited. I'm probably going to be, I hope that JJ, but I hope that he adapts <laughs> some of the Ryan Johnson stuff, you know, in a in a way that isn't just like a giant appealing to all the the vocal Star Wars fans, like do some interesting things, maybe do put your own spin on stuff. I feel like he will end up playing things safe in the movie, but as a trailer, I loved this trailer. Like I came yeah. away excited. I loved it, but now that I've heard your take on it, I'm like, I'm noticing those holes. I'm noticing. Yeah, let me those, put out this problems. PSA. I'm not one of those people who needs to rain on other Star Wars fans' parades. Like, if you like it, like, and and this trailer does a job, like, in the sense that yes, I'm definitely going to go see this mm -hmm. movie. I definitely want to see this movie. Um, it's just, I have a weird thing about, like, like I said, I have a weird connection to Star Wars trailers, like, they've been some of the most, like, replayed, rewatched mm -hmm. trailers, besides Joker, that I've ever, you know, sat down and watched. Yeah, Matt, that was for you. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, like, yeah, and I remember where I was when I saw, like, uh, the trailer for Revenge of the Sith, and knowing that was the end of the prequels and how epic that trailer was, and it's just, this one feels like product to me I think is like what it is this feels like we got to the point where this is just fully packaged product and that's kind of what it feels like where every shot was carefully selected to make sure we're not giving away anything 
But we're going to have this rousing score, and I think the real hero of this trailer is the score. Beautiful. By John Williams. Mm -hmm. like, Unbelievable. Even when it's just like mundane and yeah. like dying down, like the score is rousing and so like, and if you play it on big speakers like booming and it's just like, it's hard not to get emotional from that or like, yeah. I was listening granted. to that sucker on my phone and it's still Same. like, yeah. yeah your phone's like shaking out of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I watched it five times in a row. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I watched Dang. it on like, I, I did it. Yeah. Yeah, I Loved watched it. it about three to four times on different, on different venues, like on a phone, on a tablet, on yeah. a, TV with the sounds, like all that stuff, just to kind of take it all in. I want to. I mean, it's going to be epic when it plays in the theater. Absolutely. Well, the the thing with with Star Wars right now is that I mean, they don't have to do anything. They can just no. put the movie out and not tell you anything about it before it comes out. The uh, and the fandom is in such a weird spot where basically they're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. That's one of the franchises that can benefit from being completely silent and kind of just letting people make up their own minds about it. So they're not going to give you everything. No. It's the ninth film in a, in a saga, so all they really got to do is say, hey, look, here are all your favorite people. They're back. We're not going to tell you what they're going to do because it's such an event. You have to wait for it, you know? You have to wait yeah. to experience it. And, and like I said, they're playing up the the event status of it, and I get that. Was it a good trailer? Think, I mean, it was it was serviceable. Yeah. There's nothing memorable but there's the like the fact that it's Star Wars. I think there, yeah. there could, could have pushed a little bit more, like, the thing that really started to, like, light my eyes up is when we got, like, vague glimpses of thematic stuff. Like, Poe saying, like, people will follow us if we lead. Like, that whole thing about becoming new rebel leaders is interesting. The Ray stuff seems to be getting confusing for the last film where she's like, nobody really knows me. She's like teen angst. But that could be, again, interesting. <laughs> Just a little more pushes on those, I guess, I, I would have liked. I still think, personally, and JK and I talked about this, I still think the D23 trailer is the best representation of how to balance the old and the new because that true just that trailer does a great job of bringing back all the old nostalgia and the voiceovers mm -hmm. and stuff and then showing you just a buttload of new exciting footage that like you're like whoa and then it ends with ray flipping out the double lightsaber and you're like oh and then like that's it well and, like we didn't have of that i mean the big reveal was the the dark side ray but if you were to end this trailer with that, it would kind of set a different mood than what we're going to get in this movie. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, like, as cool as that was, if they were to do that for this trailer, it kind of would have a weird feel to it because, you know, like, that's what The Last Jedi did. It was set ending on a down note. And if they ended a trailer on the time, like, oh, what's going to happen now? So, no, but I'm, I think I mean I'm just referencing, like, it was the wow moment. Oh, yeah. This one is definitely a better like clip. Like, I feel like almost like a epilogue moment that we're seeing early, which is the voiceover from Luke and Leia. Like, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Luke and Leia's Force Ghost saying, the Force will be with you, and then Carrie Fisher has the last word with always is, like, the end of this film. So, like, I get where that's coming from, but, like, it is this conundrum that we're kind of stuck in forever mm -hmm. now, like, marketing the big end to a whole saga versus marketing, like, one movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And the different approach. And it seems the internet's pretty split, too. Yeah. Gosh, I've it's crazy. Both. I couldn't believe how mean some of these comments <laughs> were. I thought I loved it. And then I started reading the comments just under the Instagram post that you guys posted. And I... Yeah. I was like, I'm, I guess I'm wrong. Yeah, like, well, <laughs> like I mean, Star people Wars are not. <laughs> I, I'm wrong to love this. No, not no, people are split, but like, and it's very decisive split. Like, you love the three PO thing, and I, I can't stand the three PO. Oh thing. no! I'm like with the camp of people who started ragging and making entire threads. <laughs> like, so three PO saying this to his close, close friends who he's like barely hung out with in this That's sequel true. trilogy. Like. That's saying true. goodbye to like Poe. God, just be like, look, C3PO, what are you looking at? I don't know like you. See, I don't know. I didn't you. even pick up on that. That's I just, want to die now. I, I, I love R2 this were there. 
He was, maybe he was exclusively talking to that's you. That's what other people <laughs> Not are you saying. Guys. Dude, that, there, trust me, go look on Twitter. There's whole threads of people analyzing this and saying, yeah, he was just saying F everybody else. Like, <laughs> you two are cool. You, you're cool. You're cool. Everybody else. I'm just taking a look at my two friends. I would almost love it. Kill me now. Yeah. If it ends up being that. That'd be great. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we'll never know. But, um. <laughs> hold on to our own idea. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a Star Wars trailer. It's out there. It's getting views like crazy. And, yeah, the tickets are flying off the we'll shelf. And we're all going to go see it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I even met the person. I mean, and, you know, and I don't even believe that person when I meet him who's like, Oh, so that trailer, I'm not going to see that end of that last Star Wars movie. I saw all eight. I'm not seeing the ninth. Like, <laughs> and yeah, I don't know who that person is. Um, but enjoy your shack, sir. <laughs> like, yeah, so we're all going to go see this. Um, I just hope, like I said in my tweet, like I just hope, I still have fingers crossed that the final product is going to be rousing and, and really moving and actually have a good story and it's going to deliver. Like, I mean, all the rumors seem pretty interesting so far. So I'm not like hating on this whatsoever. But uh, final thoughts, anybody? I'm just excited. I can't wait. Uh, and I'm going to stop reading the comments so that I keep being excited. <laughs> Don't let them get into your head. Nope. Uh, yeah, Especially not Star Wars comments. Yeah. yeah. It gets really dark. Really Mad dark. respect to all of the Star Wars fandom out Half there. Half of the ones to my Star Wars articles are JK. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> And when it's not him, it's your probably right. Pat. You have to have the right opinion, you know? <laughs> Spell Wookiee right. Oh, well, yeah. There's two E's, Matt. There's two E's in Wookiee. There are? Mm. See? <laughs> These nerds keep you on point. All right. I love it. Moving right along. So we're going to move from Star Wars over to Marvel because uh, something we've been talking about for a while now is kind of been shaken out really fast here in the last few weeks which is what the future of Marvel TV would be under Disney, especially with these Disney Plus shows coming. Um, yeah, if you don't, if you're unfamiliar and been living under a rock, Disney Plus is launching like next month. We're getting a whole bunch of Marvel TV shows that are directly connected to the MCU and get like $12 million per episode. So they're like long form movies, basically. So exciting. And we wondered with all these official kind of Marvel tied shows, you know, officially tied to the MCU coming out, where does that leave like Jeff Loeb and Marvel TV? And guys, we now have an answer. Jeff Loeb is headed out the door. He's leaving Marvel TV in November, right in time for those Disney Plus shows to launch. <laughs> he's like, you took away my Ghost Rider show? F you, I'm out. Like, he's, uh, he's leaving. Um, and if you don't know, like, the history, Jeff Loeb is head of Marvel TV. So he's the guy who made the, net, the Marvel Netflix universe happen. He made Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter happen. Cloak and Dagger. He, Cloak and Dagger, Runaways, all those YA shows. But he also made Inhumans happen. He also made Iron Fist happen. Like, so it's been, and he also made parts of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that we don't like happen. So, like, it's been kind of a spotty record. But the notorious thing is Jeff Loeb always had this feud with, like, Kevin Feige where... Kevin Feige would not let Jeff Loeb play with all the best toys in in the toy bin. That's messed up, man. Because Marvel TV wasn't really officially recognized by the MCU, but they were like this married couple who had to go out and still go to dinner and pretend like they were together and yeah. smile for everybody and be like, we're just one big happy universe. And like internally it's like, no, you can't put the Defenders in, in anything. Screw you in your whole Netflix universe. And so Jeff Loeb is now taking a step out the door. And uh, Kevin Feige has won that whole war because he just took over all of Marvel. So now he has yeah. the TV, the movies, the comics. We did the that whole game thing, now. the games. If you want to make a little Marvel, like, I don't even know, like a little, I don't even know. I'm, I'm blanking on some simple <laughs> toy. <laughs> he just owns everything. I think he everything. owns Marvel water balloons and, like, everything. That's like, yeah. You know, so you, I know we're all looking at this, like, you know, 
this is a long time coming. Like Loeb was on his way out the door and, and we can look at some of the like inhumans, obviously it was a bomb and some of the other things. But if you kind of put it into context of you can't play with any of the cool stuff. So here's all our B and C and D list characters. Yeah. He has more success than not. I mean, he yeah, no, made the Netflix he universe said. pop with, at the time, yes, fans love Jessica Jones, but Jessica she's Jones not, great. she wasn't an A-list person no. at right. that point. Daredevil was the closest he had to like a A-list yeah. hero. I'm but the then, only person that loved Danny Rand, apparently. Fist, right? I loved it. It's a little split. Like, you were I didn't like love the Iron patron Fist. saint of Lost Causes. I'm, you love Iron Fist. You love Jared Leto's Joker. What is like, wrong with me? Nothing. <laughs> God. Nothing. God I like the Star Wars trailer. But like, there's more Agents of Shield. I would say that's kind of spoiled. no. It's I good. There was more good, good than Agent bad. Agent Carter was good. Yeah. It got canceled. Yep. You know, like he did a lot with not a lot. Yeah. No. He. I mean. So. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, he did him. his thing, <laughs> and and it's always going to be the question, like if they had trusted Jeff Loeb to do more with more, like what would we have gotten? If yeah. season two of those Netflix shows could have gone bigger with more comic book or tie-in storylines, what then? Like, yeah. You know. And, and two so, of those losses were with Buck. Yeah, Scott Buck. Yeah, I mean, he. If there's one misstep in this whole thing, Jeff Loeb trusted Scott Buck. And Scott Buck, yeah, he screwed you, buddy, because two seasons of Iron Fist and Inhumans Down the Drain was like the beginning of the death knell of the end. Yeah, for, for like Cloak like, and Dagger, whole, people yeah. seem to it like. great. Runaways, yeah. people seem to like. So, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, he's done it. Like, yeah, so, I mean, this is just how it goes in business, though. You go to war, you win, you lose. Yeah. He lost this one. So. He's going to end up somewhere. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of the funny part. He's out now, like, trying to get these first look deals and be like, I'm Jeff Lowe. <laughs> is it 100% confirmed or is it all yeah, just hearsay? Yeah, it's He's, trying to, he's yeah. trying to get, like, the article one of those I first linked look in, deals okay. from Netflix or Hulu. He's like, yeah. hey, pay me a ton of money and I'll make crappy shows for you. Wouldn't it be hilarious <laughs> if he did get it from Netflix, though? <laughs> DC Universe, come calling. <laughs> like, well, we had this $500 million set aside for J.J. Abrams that... Mm, what are we going to do with it I now? Mean, Loeb is responsible for that wonderful Batman Superman run, which I liked until the last arc. No, I mean, but he's also, yeah, good. I mean, people forget that, like, before he did all this, he was a pretty accomplished comic book writer. I mean, he wrote The Long Halloween. He wrote like, Batman Hush. Yeah. yeah. And he Batman also Hush. wrote Ultimates 3. And that yes, was. He, <laughs> like, and this is what we keep saying. He was terrible. <laughs> he's like, he's like a lesser, I mean, he's like a more accomplished version of David S. Goyer. Like, <laughs> everything he picks out of the hat, every project could be a real hit or just like a real steaming pile of crap. Like, Depends on the day and like how much they've had to drink, I'm sure. But like, yeah, this is uh, this is going to be interesting to see where Jeff Loeb ends up. But I mean, I would love to see him just come back and do some comics, just just cleanse his yeah, soul, some stuff. write some comic yeah, book stories great. again for a while because he was doing good at that. So, perfect opportunity to hop ship to DC. That's what I said. DC Universe, come calling. Hey, well, we'll see. We need a guy who can make yeah, a mildly popular universe <laughs> to our not so mildly popular universe. We're not looking for hits. We don't have big dreams, but we want like medium. <laughs> oh my success. gosh, this is messed up. Medium <laughs> success, and you look like a medium success type of guy. Oh, all right, man. yeah, all right. So let's stop, Jeff Loeb. Good luck. I tried to career. big up Loeb. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've liked him. I actually like him when he MCs like panels because it's like having your dad like MC a Marvel panel. Oh, do you remember when he wore that kimono? In yes. The, in the no. Such poor I don't taste. remember this. <laughs> yeah, he he does very interesting things, and he comes out with bad jokes and outfits, and like I said, it's like how does adorable? He's lovable. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I love it. It's yeah. it's kind of he's like a character, and he because he's so passionate, he really loves it. Yeah. 
like he, awesome. like he, I've never seen Jeff Loeb more happy than when he got to like make all the big Marvel TV big drops on like Saturday night of New York Comic Con every year. Like when he brought out Sigourney Weaver and like, you know, for Defenders, like all that stuff. So he's having a good time and I hope his good time continues. I hope he lands on his feet. As for Marvel TV, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's runaways. What's up? Rest in peace, Runaways. R.I.P. Runaways. R.I.P. Cloak and Dagger, that crossover. Good luck. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> and we'll see you at the relaunch. Yeah. All right, moving right along from uh, Marvel to the esteemed halls of Valiant Comics. But um, <laughs> Valiant Comics, remember those guys from the 90s? They came still back. Around? And they're kind of still. In pog form. Man, you yeah, guys are feisty today. I'm loving this. Yeah, we're a little peppery I'm today. A little it's ball Taco of Tuesday. Don't mess with us on Taco <laughs> Tuesday. It's all pepper. Uh, Great. Uh, so, like, yeah, Vin Diesel, you know, he's whittled his career down to these Fast and Can Furious movies. Yeah, I don't, without being peppery, <laughs> no, no without way. Being, no way. That's oh, not even a possibility. God. I think something's wrong with me. I loved this. No, no, I like this too. Okay. We're, not, we're not, you are not wrong Somehow, for liking Somehow, he's leading to a compliment. Okay. Yes. Okay. Somehow. <laughs> this is what I do. This is what I do. Both hands. Know it. System works. Yeah. One hand smacks you, one hand rubs your back. That's how we do it. All right. So, Vin Diesel's been whittling his career back down to Fast and Furious. But, he, you know, that man's been trying to launch a bunch of IPs. R.I.P. Last Winch Hunter. Oh, don't bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Triple X. R.I.P. Triple X. I love Triple X. That's like X. one of Charlie's favorite Return of Xander Cage was Not so much fun. I love that. Nope. Oh. I don't like many Vin Diesel things. You like Fast, though, right? Fast and Furious? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not getting a lot of variety, you know? It's yeah. Vin Diesel is. I mean, yeah. It's kind of like if you do like, like the Vin Diesel one, thing or you like don't. Yeah. yeah. It's not that I dislike them. It's just that I You don't like I the space dog in Riddick? Riddick yeah. with, the spa- with the alien dog? Very diplomatic. Come on. Yes. It's Riddick true, Riddick does though. kill someone with a teacup, and that was like one of the cool scenes. In yeah. Ever. Riddick was awesome. But uh, anyway. Oh, you're He's right, trying to come back, Vin Diesel, and launch a new comic book property in Bloodshot, uh, the adaptation of the Valiant Comics character. Who, wait, yeah, Valiant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for a minute, I thought he was Image. I was, like, losing it here. Um, And so we got a trailer for the Bloodshot movie, which we've known is happening for a very long time, and we've all been kind of, like, ready to talk and roll and see something truly horrible come out of that. But uh, Vin Diesel pleasantly surprised. On a day with Star Wars, people were still kind of like, oh, yeah, like, pleasantly surprised by this Bloodshot trailer, which is just called... In my in like Vin Diesel's Edge of Tomorrow, yo, which is like my name. I for did this movie. see that yeah. comment in the, in the show notes. Yo. I did laugh at that. Um, because it's basically they take the Bloodshot character and Mythos and they spin it into this interesting kind of yeah. sci-fi movie about a soldier who's killed and brought back with nanotech and but they're using these kind of programming to kind of make him commit these assassinations and he's kind of stuck in this loop and hearing this song and it's like. Edge of Tomorrow, I forget, Terminator meets, like, what'd you say? Was it you who said, like, it's like Terminator meets Memento? I did not, but I wish I did. That's a good quote, yeah. <laughs> I'll take yeah, that for it. Yeah, I mean, that was a good quote. I mean, a lot of that is in the comics. Yeah. Is it like, that is the characters, mm-hmm. the nanites and, like, the being essentially used as a weapon and, like, all that stuff. I mean, that was very true to form. I just thought the humor and the self-awareness of some of the scenes was the most pleasant surprise you know and i also think they found an interesting way i mean the only bloodshot people have seen thus far and on a screen is jason david frank's bloodshot from ninjack versus the valley universe right which was honestly what i expected from this i expected like straight up like vin diesel action brutal you know, knife through the skull and like that kind of stuff. Cause that's the character. The character is essentially Wolverine wow. in the books, right? He's, he, that's what he does. And it's mm-hmm. always brutal. And here that's a little toned down. 
And like, I like that it's a little more meta and lighthearted than I thought it would be. I mean, especially yeah. the stuff with him and like, I forget the guy's guy Pierce. Doc. Yeah. Like anytime Guy Pierce is playing like a smarmy scientist yeah. or businessman, like I'm all for it's it. It's great. Yeah. And so that's really interesting. He does that really well. Yeah. 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 So, and, and the action looked, the action they showed, they didn't really, I feel like, show a ton of straight up just action scenes, but I mean, it showed I a good amount. The stuff that's there looked good. And yeah. So as long as. It, yeah, you and, see a dude whipping on like a exoskeleton harness yeah. with arm, Spider Man arms and then cool. going at it. Yeah, and stuff. like that stuff looked. I like the red lit stuff. I like the sequence of his face getting blown off yeah. and then. Coming back together oh, and yeah, turning around was, and shooting somebody really cool. like, and that was cool. Like, yeah, um, some of the Vin, Di Vin Diesel dramatic moments not so cool, but like it didn't yeah. stand out in a bad way though. <laughs> yeah. Like, it wasn't terrible. I'm home. Yeah, yeah. and as someone you don't who, know men like me. <laughs> I didn't know that this soldier. was a comic book before I watched. I didn't know that. Hi, sorry, I'm a noob at times. Um, I didn't know, and as someone who couldn't like like have anything to base it off of, I loved it. I thought the trailer was great. I understood exactly what the movie was going to be about. I was following it almost too much. Like I was like, oh no, they revealed the twist that the you know the doctor's a bad guy. Like I was actually kind of bummed that I figured that out in the trailer yeah. because He's if I was watching that, I would have been shocked. Yeah. Unless Guy Pierce is a hero, and even in Memento, when he is a hero, he's still a bad guy. So yeah. Guy Pierce is mostly bad guys. Honestly, what they probably did that so that when you see the movie, you're not necessarily focused on the twist and more yeah. just right. focused. He gets to be more open with the audience. Yeah. I imagine, right? I imagine yeah. that's kind of the reason you put that into it. Because I agree that that no, it would seems typically like, be a twist. The trailer, there. it seems like there's a lot of dramatic irony. Like you, the audience, are going to know a lot more than Vin Diesel's character yeah. knows. Like you'll see him passed out and them, you know, talking trash and doing. I love that. Thing. Kind of like a RoboCop feel to yeah. it. Like, I hate it when I don't part. know. It drives me crazy. <laughs> I love actually knowing. It makes me feel a little bit like God. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I did not see that going there. I'm not going to lie. Neither did I. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I really liked it. Like, I enjoyed it. This is the beginning of like five conversation journey to where Janelle's like, yes, <laughs> and when I have them I strapped in <laughs> in my hand. Little puppy. And it's Give purge this. night. I feel like God. And like, yeah. Uh, but like, yes, knowing does make you more godlike. Um, yeah, so I'm destroying things apparently. Janelle, in for bloodshot with a god complex. I'm about it. Okay, that was the general well, impression too online. Was like it was all that like, hey, yeah, I, I mean, like the yeah. everyone. If you look at the UK version of the trailer, it actually ends with a hashtag. Do you feel like God now? No way. No, I'm just joking. Oh God, oh, this is why you really put me on this. You sold that really. Well. President Blonde. Oh, uh, no, but, um, no, but it's, I mean, it's okay. Like, yeah, I, I think it does give, in all seriousness, I think it does give enough of the movie away to make, like I said, I was surprised by how they hooked this as a sci-fi movie, like, even more so than just, like, a comic book action movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, like, an interesting sci-fi premise, and, like, I was like, oh, no, uh, I can, I could get down with a good sci-fi hook, and this one managed to do that, so... Bloodshot, present, pleasantly surprised. It's not as hard. I'm interested as we to see because the only bummer about this, because of course Valiant had grand plans at the beginning of we're gonna launch our own universe and all the other characters coming, and now no, like the licenses to those characters are like three different studios. They went Marvel wow. in the '90s. So like I think like Paramount has EXO and like somebody else. There's there's another company that has like two of their prominent stars, character wise. So it won't even be under Sony. Or they'd have to make some kind of deal or whatever. No, I think just one company. Is it I think one? It's Paramount has. Is it EXO? Has all of them. Has, and then okay. 
Sony, Sony has, has Bloodshot because they got rid of all their rights because yeah. they were going to do um, Harbinger. That's right. And then they were going to do a crossover Harbinger Wars. So now if that if they I mean they can still do all that because they have everybody good for else. Them to avoiding things that nobody wants to see. But Bloodshot. Well, you don't want to. I would love to see a good EXO movie. See, like I have a soft spot for Valiant because that was when it was created in the '90s. I was a yeah. kid and they had all those terrible foil covers and yeah. stuff. Like I collected all of those. <laughs> you know, I didn't read them. Yeah, like, die cut. I was foil product of the '90s comic book. <laughs> yeah, no, I. Read them all. I had a lot of them, and I couldn't stand most. But the of them. reboot was, like, was really good. Like the, the I had already accepted Image really Comics good. as a knockoff Marvel, and I couldn't do it again. I mean, if you want, to, if you pick one Valiant book, I mean, I've also liked the Doctor Mirage stuff. But as far as EXO, EXO's run is fantastic. In the re- consistently in the new, solid. The new one, mm. so mm-hmm. good. The original one too. The yeah. original. Yeah, EXO like, Manowar was, was really all. Good. I mean, never bad. I'm not like I'm not crapping yeah. on that. Like, yeah. so I would like to see a good version of that i don't know if we'll get that but no i don't know if the cloud is there yeah we'll see i don't know if the cloud is there but uh check out the bloodshot trailer it's up on comicbook.com when we come back we are going to deep dive into our review of hbo's watchmen and matt is going to break down all the big things happening in comics this week so be sure to stay tuned for that Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. Time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. We haven't really done much of a lead-in or coverage of Watchmen on the show because I didn't know what the hell. Yeah, we did the first trailer and we were like, what the hell is this show going to be about? And none of the marketing really solved any of that (laughs) since then. It was already kind of like weird because I feel like Watchmen is starting off from a weird place. I didn't even remember it was premiering this week until we were in a meeting and like it was part of my job. Yeah. And even then I was barely aware. So I was like kind of like shook on like whether people have what the level of awareness and buzz was for this because they didn't really reveal much it wasn't like a big hook it was interesting trailers and it was kind of like we said at the time it's like a weird concept because Watchmen is a hard this show is a hard concept to sell at all because diehard fans of the comics whereas most comic book fans would like to see a continuation of something and you told them they were going to continue this world they'd be like cool like awesome Watchmen is like that one book where people are like, you're, you're doing something beyond Alan Moore's end? No. No. I remember like just getting into this business in, like 10 years ago when the movie was just about to hit theaters and all of the conversations and arguments online about that, which yeah. turned out pretty okay, like Zack Snyder's uh, Watchmen. I like Watchmen. As a yeah, so do I. And I even like the changes he makes, and I'm okay with that. So this show coming along in, and adding a whole new chapter that was never based on any book and all of that is a hard sell for the diehard fans. And to the casual fans, it's like, what the hell is going on? You're starting midway through yeah. the movie. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can speak on that. I actually don't, I didn't see the movie 
I haven't read the comics, but I dived into the show and it was cool for me to experience it. This I is still why you're here don't know. We need these know. perspectives. Well, I'm telling you, I still don't really know like how these are comic book or superhero related in any way at all. Like it all just seems normal until squids start falling from the sky. That is literally the only <laughs> thing that made me go, oh, what? There's another dimension? And I didn't even realize that it was another, it was a different dimension attack until the guy was being um, berated in the like pod. It was, spoilers, it was by the way. super confusing. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Spoilers. Spoiler I just, warning. I didn't even realize. Oh yeah, we should tell you. We're going to talk full spoilers <laughs> yeah. about Watchmen. It was not what I had expected at all based on the artwork. Like, I thought it was going to be like futuristic. I had no idea what time it was set in. I didn't know where it was set, nothing. But I left wanting to see the next episode and also like shook with the end of I the first wish, episode. I wish there was like video of someone like you or, or someone, Watching any it. fan's reaction. Yeah, when, it's like, like a they live don't stream. know what to expect yeah. from this property and then squids start falling. I, I dig it though. I'm so about that. I'm like a, I'm a Whovian. So like the weird stuff, time travel, interdimensional, Anything that's weird hooks me. Like that's honestly that I'm so curious about that that I want to continue watching the show. I'm like, well, where did this come from? What what the hell was that about? It makes no sense. Like out of nowhere. It's a pretty good, accurate description of Watchmen's premiere. If you are not, even if you're familiar with the comic, there's still a lot in this that is still like, what? Yeah. Um, I I liked it a lot actually. Similar to you, like I don't think you had to be. In some ways, I think it's better not to be a comic book fan mm -hmm. coming into this show. Because the show does its own job of world building and kind of establishing mythos that is built off the end of the events of the comic, but kind of exists on its own. This show is not like a direct translation of the comic in kind of any way, except for the characters that it references. Yeah. Okay. Um, and even then, we don't know anything about what these characters are like now. Wow. Because there's time has passed. So much time has passed. And Did they say how much time has passed, by the way? Um, well, the, all that I stuff happens in the 80s. Yeah, and all that stuff happened day, in the 80s. And this is present yeah, day. Okay. So it's been about 30 years. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, they so. also showed the whole intro was. In yeah, the intro. So, like, yeah, let's talk about that. So, very, very hard to watch, but. Very, yeah, very hard very to watch. I mean, the, so, not, pe people don't even really know about the, the Tulsa race riots. So yeah. So, like, yeah, the show opens. It, it and that kind of shocked me because, like, uh, I'm a history buff and. and this like was a major, I mean, this is a fascinating piece of history in the fact that it's a buried piece of history. Mm -hmm. And it's also like one of the worst terrorist attacks, uh, domestic terrorist attacks in American history. It's also the worst race related like attack or violence in American history. Um, and Watchmen very boldly opens with this scene in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921, which is the time of the Tulsa race massacres or the Greenwood massacre, which was Greenwood district of Tulsa became this very uh, economically successful section of the city for African-Americans, and it was called Black Wall Street. They had businesses. They had this whole economic base. It was, like, fully functioning part of the city. And some incident happened between, like, a black guy and a white girl, and then it blew up into these whole riots where, like, the black people defended themselves at this courthouse and shot a few of the white people, and then it just exploded. And it became this state-sanctioned operation to go into this black neighborhood, tear it apart, kill a bunch of people, burn it down, and basically do that. And like everything you see in there is a is a real recreation of it. So like, you know, all the violence people getting shot in the street, but the airplanes too, like the government. That's what I was going to Yeah, ask. the Tulsa I mean, government like reason. launched, let like white pilots get in these planes and launch from this airfield, fly over it, bomb the city or bomb Greenwood 
and shoot, snipe people with like you know guns from the airplanes yeah. in the streets and do all that. And then the city of Oklahoma, in like Oklahoma and Tulsa then basically scrubbed it from all the history books. It was scrubbed from every one of the state history books, like uh, national history books, yeah. and just covered up. And even the people who lived there were like forced to live there and basically never mention it, never talk about it. And this went on until like 1996 uh, when they finally formed a committee who then came together and then finally published a conclusion in 2001 that said, yes, this thing happened that happened. And we're going to give reparations. And so far, they have a state park that says this thing happened. So that's the payback so far. Um, yeah. And they opened it. And it was a very powerful thing that, like, yeah, somebody said, I think, who did one of you guys like, oh, no, Russ sent me, like, people said when they saw the uh, pilot, like, at a convention, they were like, man, Google searches for the Tulsa massacre is going to go skyrocket. And sure enough, it's like, yeah, skyrocketed. So that was a very powerful, bold opening. But um, it really did a good job of setting the stage for what then you this episode's about, which was totally unexpected with this whole thing about race relations in Oklahoma mm-hmm. and kind of like the stuff that's still bubbling under the surface. Because that was the whole thing about the Greenwood massacre. It was like all this stuff that had been bubbling over the surface kind of exploded out yeah. into this thing. And that's kind of what this first episode is kind of referencing again. And in history that we decide to scrub away, which and they was like brilliant to together too, yeah. because of like, you know, the kid that is the survivor. Like in the beginning of the episode, you see a character, and at the end of the episode, you see a character that is probably shouldn't be able to still be in existence, but um, it's just it's crazy to see that because it just ties it up with a little oh, yeah. bow. It was really nicely done, and they tie it together to the comic as well because. This is a theme, obviously, that's going to tie back to how Watchmen ended. And Watchmen has a controversial ending because basically, oh man, Janelle, just put your, put your thinking cap on for this one. So basically, Jeremy Irons' character in the show launches this whole, it's a, the whole thing is a mystery these heroes are investigating about somebody's trying to cause, you know, World War III is about to happen in this alternate America. And Jeremy Irons is the smartest man in the world. He, become, he puts together this plan to manipulate all the heroes, to get rid of Dr. Manhattan, who's like the Superman, to manipulate world events. And then he launches this fake terrorist attack where he has all the world's best writers and scientists and artists go to this island where they create this monster that will, he transports into Manhattan and sets off this psychic bomb. It kills a bunch of people. It's this big, like, world-changing event. But it, it, they think that there's this attack from another dimension, and so all the world leaders band together, and they avert World War III, and it brings peace to Earth. But he had to kill all these people to do it. He has a and little Thanos. Yeah. Little, little Thanos and problem. The other heroes ultimately don't punish him. Like he he gets away with it, essentially. And wow. the heroes that know either live now in assumed identities and in different lives, or Dr. Manhattan leaves Earth. Rorschach got killed because he was the one who was gonna ruin the whole thing, and they killed him. And so this ties back to the beginning of this episode because it's basically a history that has been scrubbed over this massive act of violence that has just been covered up and swept under the rug. And we've assumed, you know, it's been assumed in this world that everybody can go on and just live in this better world that's going to come. And of yeah. course that's not the case. And wow, this is where this kind of like is now exploring, but uh, yeah, that's it doesn't, awesome. yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's it's like, it's and it does a wonderful really well job done. of grounding all this in the story of building this world where in Oklahoma, they show you how police have changed because there were these reactions to police and vigilantes. Now the police all wear yellow masks around mm-hmm. their face okay. and they don't identify them. Police are all secret. And so like 
they the whole like thing cover kicks stories off and yeah. everything. They have cover stories like yeah, nobody because I've seen yeah. the yellow, the yellow mask. Yes, yeah. yeah, and it's okay. really great imagery in the, throughout the episode. It's really well shot, and so like it's all creepy because you go it's in a police so thing creepy. and like all of them are just standing around. They have all their masks on. They, they can't. Really identify they, themselves. they can't carry. They have to yeah. ask for permission to get their gun to be unlocked for them. So like in the opening scene, yeah. like obviously one of the officers is struggling to get his gun unlocked. And Clearance. it kicks off about this whole story of Oklahoma police begin to figure out that there's a resurgence of this alt-right group called the 7th Calvary, which is basically alt-right people who got who saw Rorschach's journal when it was exposed. Well, that's the, one of the coolest things is yeah. how this world is set up in the aftermath of Watchmen, because at the end of Watchmen, Rorschach, before, like when he gets killed, before he gets killed, before he finds out that Ozymandias is behind it, he has a journal that he sends to the conservative newspaper, the New Frontiersman, which you see in the show. So it makes sense that middle America would be all conspiracy theorists that yeah. believe mm. that there was this alien hoax attack. And now they're like these weird QAnon type yeah. alt-right Their dudes, masks you know? are so <laughs> creepy too. Yeah. And that was Rorschach. Rorschach wore a mask that was a Rorschach blot that moved on its own. Yes. And so those are like the masks they wear. And, it, and the whole thing kicks off when a police stops a guy and realizes he's part of the seventh Calvary and, that goes badly and it starts off a war between the police and this. Oh my God, this sounds group. amazing. I'm telling you, you have to <laughs> so, see it. There are a lot of, there are like a lot of things that, you know, like people can have problems with it because the way DC oh, comics treated, well, I mean, the way DC <laughs> comics treated Alan Moore, they could have given him the rights to this stuff, but it's too lucrative. So they're not going to. Yeah. Mm. And if you're, if you don't but like Alan the way. Moore is a whole different, like, I feel uh, like Alan Moore But is I mean, like, there are a lot of critics that don't lawn, enjoy so. the show because of that. You yeah. know, they don't want to, they don't think it's ethical to even have anything to do with it. Yeah. So I think it's just an interesting, like, that's that's a valid conversation. But they're kind of missing out on a really good take on this, on these mythos. I've seen the first six episodes, and the, fir the first one left me a little uneasy, but man, it picks up. And, like, by episode three, it's like, this is yeah. Watchmen. And this is a fantastic cast, by the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah. led by Regina King, who, you know, I, I really tweeted out, I don't think there's anything that Regina King can't make awesome. That's true. And it's like, true. Yeah, like, I was just going back through the hits, like, everything from Boys in the Hood to, like, Boondocks to, what was that, Southland to, like, now this to all the movies she's getting Oscars and Golden Globes for. Like, good for Regina King. She deserves this. She's been in, like, the game a long time, and she is so awesome. And she was in Miss Congeniality, too, right? Yeah. The yeah. best. <laughs> That's Matt's reference. <laughs> Miss Congeniality, too. On Friday. Wow. Can you throw Maleficent oh, in there somewhere? Oh, you mean the Miss Congeniality, too, lady. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yes, we do. And, and this, her playing Sister Knight, her as a superhero vigilante character and, like, a strong female character in... Her relationship with Yaya Abdul Martin and like him being like the Lois Lane, they have this awesome gender kind yeah, of Yeah, it's great. Where he's like the Lois Lane type in this first thing. Um, while she he protects the kids while she's like going out like superheroing and stuff. I love Don that he just Johnson. doesn't even ask questions. No. He's like, okay, babe. Yeah, he's I like, got you. Yeah, he's like, yep, yeah, all right. Yeah, and Don Johnson really shines in this pilot. He's really great, um, which is not something I thought I'd be saying. Nash Bridges. Point. Yeah, Nash Bridges is the man in this. Um, yeah, and. Tim Blake Nelson's awesome in it, uh, but the real shining is uh, Panda by 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 far. Panda, <laughs> everyone hates that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so like the cops all wear masks, and like she said, they they have to ask for access to their guns because yeah. they can't just carry guns. 
And so the guy who makes the determinants, like the master, the sergeant at arms, who determines who when they can like release their guns or not, is a guy who wears a panda head. It's like an actual mask. like stuffed. Yeah, I've panda. seen panda referenced on Twitter. It's like I don't know how many odd. times. It's like, not. Yeah, this is not a designer callback. Uh, but yeah. the silver one <laughs> is like really cool. Panda. Yeah. No. And like yeah. And so yeah. And it does a good job of just taking the weird world of Watchmen because Watchmen is this alternative 1980s where Richard Nixon was never stopped and he became permanent president. And yeah, all these things about kind of consumerism, fascism, like we're pushed to this nth degree. And just seeing, living in the bones of that world and having it built back up has been very interesting. And I'm really looking forward to more Watchmen. Me so. too. Yeah. It's good. I'm so and JK already knows, six episodes in, he's like, it's good. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. Just rubbing my hands. Yeah. He's living in that Brandon just Davis wait. space. Bird by knowledge. By Gene Smart's in it, and she yeah. is Smart? awesome. Yeah, Gene Smart from Legion's in it, and uh, yeah, she's supposed yeah, to be really awesome. Legion. She's Silk Spectre too. Is Shh, that's a I loved Legion. Well, they already say it. I mean, they literally say it like in the show. He's gonna give me a hard time. <laughs> so yeah, she plays one of the original Watchmen too. So that's gonna be really cool. Designing women's charm. All right, Matt, <laughs> take us yeah. home today. Stop. Stop. Yes. I even told her. She's like, oh, Legion's cause. I know, but if I say Designing Women, he's going to give me a <laughs> No, we all watch Designing Women. Not all of us will reference it, though. But uh, wow. take us home, buddy. <laughs> put, those, put, those reference, I, put those reference skills to good use. And tell us what's hot <laughs> in comics this women. week. What should we be checking out? Uh, so, yeah. So, speaking of H properties, Angel. Uh, Boom Studios brought back the Buffyverse, and uh, Angel and Buffy are now in a crossover event called Hellmouth. Uh, so if you're, this is kind of a new take on the mythos. So even if you watch the show, they kind of remix stuff. Certain characters are not introduced yet, and so it's kind of a new spin on that. It's really good so far. So there's enough in there if you watch the shows to, like, you don't need to have watched them. You can come in, there's new characters, there's new stuff for you to explore. But if you do, you can kind of see where certain things are going, and it's cool. There's a lot of Easter eggs and stuff. So Angel Number 6 is out. Uh, DC continues to wow me with Action Comics 1016. This last two issues of Action Comics are so good. Like, this is what, I guess, people, when they first pitched Bendis on Superman, saw. And it, it's been kind of lackluster until these last two issues. And Naomi is like the reason for it and providing this kind of younger character who's learning her powers and, and has a kind of unique family uh, and putting Clark in the middle of this and having like that's made Superman more interesting. So if you're looking to get into Superman, these last two issues have been fantastic. Uh, Batman Beyond number 37 uh, kind of introduces, by the way, spoilers. Again, I just like walking spoilers. spoilers. Uh, Batwoman Beyond starts this arc. So they're kind of doing their own take on that. We don't know who it is yet, but the issue tends to suggest it's either like Barbara Gordon or somebody else. So if you're a big fan, like this comic series does tie in to the show. So if you liked the old cartoon, there are things that kind of make their way into this. It's not like a direct thing but it's there's a lot of tethers there so uh, the flash stuff has been really cool when they uh, reintroduced the flash wally west's flash into it so this is kind of interesting it's pretty good uh batman uh curse of the white knight number four this first there's three it opens with like three pages and uh those first three pages are phenomenal like it's such a gut punch there's such a and spoilers for those uh gordon was shot in the last issue actually was stabbed and then shot, and then thrown off a building. So oh it's like God. a little bit over. Brutal. A little bit over. The old Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> but, this, but this issue starts out with like three pages of like Barbara 
seeing him in the hospital. And then there's a reaction from Bruce that Bruce is kind of, they do the harder edged Bruce. Like he's not the jovial one in this book, but there's just like such a moment of vulnerability when he realizes like what's happening to Gordon. And there's like just one page. It's just like, oh, hit me like right here in the feels. So definitely check that out. Uh, G.I. Joe number two. I remember talking about this uh, last month. The first G.I. Joe Surprise, it's not at me. I didn't really expect anything from it. And they killed off like a major character and Cobra runs everything. And so it kind of did this topsy-turvy thing on the world. And so this one's coming out. Number two comes out this week. So definitely check that out. Uh, Amazing Mary Jane, number one. If you've been wanting a Mary Jane solo series, you now have your wish. Uh, Hashtag not my spider. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, this just takes off directly from like the core Spider-Man book. So if you're interested... You can definitely check that out. Um, Marauders number one comes out. I've been waiting. You're for, so excited. I know, and it's and it's so good. By the way, he's like, grinning like my, ear I'm to ear right, right now. It's been pretty entertaining. Oh, so, far. so good! Like I cannot. I'm so gushing about that book. Uh, you can read our full reviews on Wednesday, uh, every Wednesday. But mine, like you're gonna like essentially see this in written form because like I'm gushing it's so good ah uh, everything about it I love it uh also strike force number two uh if you've been waiting for more spider woman Jessica Drew uh she is in this book but there's a bunch of other characters too but really it's about Jessica Drew it's cardiac arriving I don't know but uh real quick detour so I was reviewing WWE 2k20 and you know who my wrestler what my wrestler name is cardiac cardiac oh it's amazing uh it's awesome. awesome uh finally uh for the ones who one who have kids but also just who like the secret life of pets movies uh <gasps> titan comics has a secret life of pets volume two number one comes out the art is adorable so and it's got snowball superhero snowball and duke and the whole gang so i know you yeah. <laughs> you're so judgy i could right get now. down with this it's so good <laughs> it's so fun and uh so yeah if you're, i if love you're max um so yeah very much though and also uh take a look at the because that's it for comics but uh if you pay attention to comicbook.com we will have reviews of ww2k20 uh you'll have my review of that and then marvel champions is the marvel tabletop game for fantasy flight we will also be doing Ooh. that so Fans of games, comics, tabletop, everything, make sure to check out the site. So that's it. Comics. I'm plugging, man. Door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm plugging. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you for listening in. And if you're just now discovering the show, as so many of you are, please be sure to check in every Wednesday and Friday because that is when we post new episodes two a week. Wednesday and Friday. Be sure to check them both out on comicbook.com. There you can subscribe to our RSS feed where you can get regular updates of the show so you don't have to remember. Or you can subscribe on your favorite listening platform. We are on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, or you can tell any Amazon Alexa device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast and it'll do it right for you. If you want to continue the discussion with us, just hit us up at the hashtag ComicBookNation, or you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler. JK, you want to plug um, anything over there? You can follow me at Woe is Joe, but I mostly just talk about the Utah Jazz and how much the Tennessee Titans are depressing. So that's actually what <laughs> All right, so you can follow me, Very Matt, accurate. or Janelle on Twitter, as we said. And, uh, Pretty accurate. Ignore me. Put Pretty me accurate. <laughs> if you love the show, Please go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We are coming up next episode. We got to fit in like a whole big uh, review. We're going to do a review slam. So like, yeah, we're going to give producer Jim Guscardi a a long weekend by reading a bunch of reviews. So this is it. Next episode, get your last reviews in. You want some free Comic Book Nation t-shirts? Be sure to get those in now. Ten shirts apiece. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to watch it for that. (laughs) 
Matt's crazy promise will be where we end this episode. We want to thank you guys for tuning in with us as always. We are Comic Book Nation, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Deuces.